Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's supercharged, superpowered, and ready to go. I'm Alex. You know that feeling when you're up late at night on a Halloween and you're like, I'm not scared, but because you're thinking about how you're not scared makes you a little scared and then you get scared and scared and pretty soon you're terrified? That's what Riverdale is. I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about I don't even know exactly what to call this. This is exactly the mid-season premiere, but this is the official kickoff of season six after well, the River Vale event. Right. It's Dale, no longer Vale. Or is it? Yeah. We'll get into that on oh, this boy. week's podcast. As I don't we know talk where about I live. <laughs> season six, episode six, chapter 101. Unbelievable. Ow! I'm doing what? a little unbelievable. Anyway, if you uh, have been away from Riverdale for a while, like we have, though, I guess uh, season five wrapped up in October, so not as long as usual. But brief bit of recap for you before we get into the episode. Now, when we left off, Betty and Archie had finally decided to seal the deal on their relationship, only yes. to encounter a bomb left by Hiram Lodge, who was leaving town. He left the one, one last little present. It was exploded. us, the viewers. In, I don't know what that means in exactly. Disagreement of this relationship. <laughs> oh, it was specifically oh, you. Okay, that's a weird take. <laughs> You're on a Hiram side. <laughs> yep. Also, you said uh, you left it yourself. Be the page. <laughs> Well, Justin, you definitely called Betty and Archie, as I think was going on here. Uh, thanks to some shenanigans happening in the alternate universe of River Vale, the story changed a little bit, and Betty got a call from a mysterious someone. We only know it's a man's voice. We don't know anything about him, who warned them to get out of the house. So they did get out of the house in the time, kind of. We'll get into that in a moment. Meanwhile, Jughead was in the garage typing on his manuscript and deal uh, dealt with the aftermath of the explosion there. We saw that at the end of the hundredth episode where it blew up right behind him. Uh, and as we get into this episode, as we'll see, he is dealing with some repercussions from that. Jughead has been dating Tabitha, Reggie and Veronica are building a casino unbeknownst to the now newly incorporated town of Riverdale, which has a new town council of its own. We don't really get into that this episode, but just so you know, as a little bit of background there. Meanwhile, Cheryl had been experimenting with some witchcraft thanks to her ancestor, Abigail Blossom, Cheryl. and had found out that the ancestors of Betty, Archie, and Jughead had burned Abigail at the stake, decided to put a curse on the entire town. And as we find out this episode, that also has reper Cushions of its own. Uh, there's also a smaller Cheryl named Britta who is living with them in the Blossom household, along with Nana Rose Blossom. And uh, Tony and Fangs are officially together, leaving Kevin, who had decided to pursue his Broadway dreams on the outside. That goes through some changes this episode as well. And they are back together, leading the Serpents. To glory, back to their old gang days. Meanwhile, mm. the ghoulies had been working for Hiram. We get into that pretty heavily this episode. Uh, and I'm sure there's a couple of other things we probably need to mention, but those are the big ones. Now, well, not the big ones. I mean, first off, you left off the fact that we don't know anything about the cats still. There's mm -hmm. no, you know. Well, here's the I thing. From cats do to dogs. <laughs> yes, yes, there's uh, trouble brewing. I think we do know because we see Glenn in this episode. And he is holding a briefcase. And I don't want to keep pushing my point, but he is notably holding a briefcase in this. Scene. Okay. Yes, right. I, I didn't mention Glenn. Glenn is important to mention. Uh, he is. Yeah. It's uh, generously Betty's ex-boyfriend. They hooked up a bunch in FBI Academy. Uh, he is kind of a jerk. They investigated TBK, the trash bag killer, 
together. Um, that has been the hero of the episode. <laughs> oh boy! Wow, wow. things you've really <laughs> changed the take. My goodness, you're pro Hiram, pro trash bag killer. What's happened to you, Pete? There's a lot that's changed in the the downtime between Riverdale uh, coming back. You know, well, I find that a little Me bit you unbelievable. Oh, this new thing we unlocked with Zalman here. I don't like it. Let me just say, based on this the way this podcast is so far, I think we are matching the energy of Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this because I, I want to be like straight up. I want to be honest with you guys for the first time what? in my entire life about yeah, you're this never episode. Honest. I watched this episode and I was like, there, there was a brief bubble where I was like, nah, I'm out. Wow. What? Uh, Honestly, out. like I'm not like the the end result of this wow. is I thought about it. I'm going to get over it. Wow. And of course, I'll be fine. But we've talked a lot on the podcast about the kind of bubble of reality around Riverdale and how mm. if they ever went full on supernatural it would break that bubble. That's exactly how I felt watching this episode. You know, for those who have not seen it, spoiler warning here, I guess. But we find out that Betty and Archie have I superpowers. Love the yeah, fact that. If this show went more towards normal shows and shows that we watch as comic book fans, you're like, well, I would be done. Well, Fuck. that's that's what I'm stuff, getting at. That's is, where I draw the line. Well, that's because, in my so here's the thing. of things that I like. Yes, absolutely. I already watch superhero shows. I already watch supernatural shows. One of the things that I really like about Riverdale is it always skirts there, but never Skirt. goes in that direction. <laughs> and uh, Betty's... Power Like, with that, I was like, all right, she bonked her head really hard and maybe seeing auras or maybe not. Though by the end of the episode, I think it's pretty clear she is seeing evil auras. Oh, so floating babies yeah. you're okay with, but fucking if all somebody sees those, an yes. aura, you're yes. like, whoa. No, you're literally not listening to me. The I never listen to you. Thank you. FYI. I appreciate it. This is a good conversation. Yeah. This is, I, sorry. This is how conversations work. Industry, Alex, this has never been a conversation. This is three <laughs> three separate shouts is what we do here. But what I'm getting at is the Betty superpower thing I was willing to go with because it felt like one of those classic Riverdale things of like, did she hit her head really hard and think she sees auras or is she actually seeing auras? We'll find out in 10 episodes time. Right. But the Archie being able to push nails out with his hands, being invulnerable, super strong. Unbreakable Archie. What is that was, I was like, I don't, I don't know how they get beyond this or they explain this. And then when Cheryl was straight up possessed by their ancestor's ghost, that was another thing where I was like, this is too much. This is too much here. I'm good. Well, I think, I think you're right. I think they surprising all of us can't go back. They've gone Mm -hmm. through the mirror and let me, I have a good analogy for this. When I was uh, growing up, my parents, my mom kept a very neat home, very like very like don't eat in the living room. Don't get stuff on the carpet kind of a thing. Right, right, and then right. one Christmas morning, we all got silly string in our stockings oh, and we oh, got up boy. and we got into a, and everyone got into a silly string fight. Right As there, will happen. string. Yeah. It happens. Everyone's got one. Everyone's, yeah. you know, it's Chekhov's silly string. <laughs> Made a huge mess. Silly string. And silly string is like moist. It's like yep. weird, moist yep. <laughs> slime kind of a thing. And we made a huge mess. And we were like, that was so fun. And after that, every Christmas, we kept the silly string going. We couldn't Whoa. put it back. We couldn't put the silly string back in the silly container. And um, <laughs> that's what I mother. feel. Like she was part of it. She was her idea. I got news for you, Pete. She was the one behind the silly string. No, it was Santa. It wasn't was. a Santa situation. No, it was Santa, bro. <laughs> And uh, big revelation we, on our podcast that Santa isn't real. Oh, <laughs> come on, man! Wow. No one said Spoilers. that. Spoilers. Keep watching Riverdale, and you might—he might be real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, what I'm saying Bingo is new legs. <laughs> oh. What I'm saying is, I think uh, Riverdale is doing. They're like, you know what? We want to go. We want to write as whatever we want, even outside of reality. And that's why we got uh, Ghost Abigail in the cool brooch. Okay, so I'm going to attempt to try this whole conversation thing. Okay, what's interesting <laughs> is this show has been insane, and we make fun of how insane it is for years. And it's funny how this one little thing for you is the jumping the shark, when it seems like they've been doing things that are just jumping the shark for, for so long. A- absolutely. I-, I mean, I think... 
I want to get back to, to be clear, obviously, I'm going to keep watching the show. I will get on board probably by the next episode. I, when I was watching this, I was thinking back to the first episode of River Vale, which we talked about here on the podcast was definitely, it felt like an adjustment for me to like get my head in the space of, okay, this is what they're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. So I'll be fine. I, I'm an adult. Okay. And I'll be totally fine. And it's not an issue. You're upset. You want, you want these teenagers to just be kissing and then that's about it. I mean, I'm not going to necessarily argue with you, but the thing that I was going to say about what Pete said is I think, yes, everybody has their line. Like, this is something that I specifically thought about with this episode because it struck me just in a very weird way is there are lots of people that got to like season three and that was a point where it was just too much for them. They were watching it because they wanted to watch a teenager's kissing and occasionally solving dark, weird mystery show. And then when you got into the utter nightmare and sanity of the gargoyle, well, sex bunker was season three, I believe. Uh, When they got into the utter insanity of the gargoyle king, that was just like too dark and too much mystery focus for them. And that was their line and they were out. Or there were people that were like, What's going on with this cult leader who is dressed like evil Knievel building a rocket and trying to fly fly off? That's too much for me. So everybody has their lines, and that's absolutely fine. And I, But I think the thing that has kept me going with the show is this idea of, like, is it aliens? No, it's not. And it's something equally ridiculous, which is cannibalistic, incestual forest dwellers who build their own suits. But sure, I sure. can... I could get with that, you know, like, because that's the vibe of the show, this thing. And maybe there will be an explanation. And that's the thing that, like, again, it's fine. I'll be on board. It's not a big issue. But but I think the fact that, like, it legit seems like Archie is a superhero right now. I go to other shows for that thing. You know, that's my point. But I think think looking back, all the things you just described are wildly Mm -hmm. intense and like unexpected in the same way. It's just this is specifically beyond our reality rules about how things happen. So I don't think it's that different. It's just some of the specifics are different. We're fully in soap opera rules uh, for this show. And I I love that. I'm here for it. I think... I think that this episode is kind of like this bridge episode where they're like, all right, River Vale, but we got to take it back down to Riverdale. But maybe we have one episode here where the shell shock of the bomb has maybe got people thinking they have superpowers and all kinds of things. I think that this is kind of like this in between the two worlds. So hopefully mm-hmm. we can settle more in the Riverdale of it. Uh, but I did. I, Wait, I understand can I just, what you're uh, saying. Provide some information information about that. So Roberto did a interview with Entertainment Weekly. Oh, you want to, to flex on us? Yeah, I want to flex about, that okay, I read yeah. an interview in Entertainment Weekly. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> are you impressed? That I is, am. You know, always, they're not in print anymore. When people anymore. are reading, I'm always impressed by anyway, reading. Anyway, he talked a little bit about how they initially had Rivervale as like a five episode event, but they had so much fun with it. And we're kind of, I'm paraphrasing here, we're intrigued by it that they figured they could actually make it not that a season long thing, but take some of the ideas there and some of the themes there and work them in and make season six in their minds feel more cohesive as a whole. So you are going to see things like Abigail popping up here, or there was a hint that potentially narrator Jughead, who is stuck in the bunker over in Rivervale, may or may not work in at some point. He's constantly writing. He better not do voiceovers. This guy's got to crank out material. I mean, uh, here's what I want to see. I want to see dueling voiceovers. voiceovers. I want to see Riverdale Jughead voiceovering and then Rivervale Jughead voiceovering. They're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Oh, Did you like they could try having it. A, we'll get there. They could try having a conversation just like Pete is. Okay, so <laughs> you're doing a great up, job, by the way, Pete. Really Thank great. You. Almost human. Uh, <laughs> let's back up the truck a little bit here, okay? Riverdale is yeah. back. Okay? I want a t-shirt that says, let's back up the truck. <laughs> Pete, go underneath. And every time you say it, I'll, yeah, my guy, he said it. <laughs> Everyone, you know, all the listeners, are, a, we got to get, let's back up the truck. Riverdale is back. That's very exciting, okay? It's nice to have this insane show that we love 
for whatever reasons we're coming to it for. Uh, it's very <laughs> exciting to have it back, even though that it might be disappointing on certain levels right now. Currently, we got to kind of ride it out here so that hopefully we can get things back to a normal place that we feel good about, <laughs> which we all know is Bughead. Oh, okay. Wow. There you go. I, well, we go. I was. <laughs> it's crazy to me that I was like, oh my god, Pete's making so much sense up until the last <laughs> word of your sentence. Oh, exactly. <laughs> You're like, nope, nope. I'm going to bring this around to my issues. Uh, <laughs> well, why don't we jump into the plot? We've certainly Can talked we? about overall the episode here. Am I the only one excited is back? What's going on? No, no, I, I'm excited. I like I'm this fully show. on board. You guys are sort of seem like you're dragging your feet a little bit here and are a little scared, but I'm saying, no, no, this is You know what I'm scared of? I'm scared of the fact that you made one reference to cat briefcases, and now I can't get away from them. I see the Batman. They got a cat briefcase there. It's fucking everywhere. Cat briefcases are taking over now. Man. It's a phenomenon, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll just briefly explain. Oh, no, no, we've we've done that to death. <laughs> Toffee is missing, and no one knows where Toffee is. But I actually sort of know, and have run this by Roberto himself. Um, Toffee is in a cat briefcase, which, as we all know, is a briefcase with cat food at one end and kitty litter at the other. And it's you just inhumane close, to do to a cat. You close the briefcase. I'm not saying it's something I do, uh, but it's great for traveling. If Toffee is already on the move, I mean, if it uh, works for Catwoman, right? That's what I'm saying. Um, and in this episode, Glenn is old, as I said, holding a briefcase. Thousand dollars. A thousand dollars says Toffee's in there. Toffee's in that briefcase. A thousand dollars. Wow. I will take that bet. I'm going to throw out something because Justin, you're sitting pretty high and mighty here <laughs> right now. You got him right. I am. You're uh, you're high on Barchi. I think that's what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it is. It's my favorite drug, and I'm really <laughs> I'm in it. I'm addicted, and there's a ton of it right now. It's like all the jingle jangle at the party just jumped in my hands. I'm here for it. Well, why don't we actually jump into the plot here? So we do kick off of the wreckage of the Andrews house where we get the setup. Alice is trying to figure out what happened. Um, like we all are. The first Wahabi. mystery, Wahapi, the first mystery that we're getting here is who is this voice on the phone? We still don't know who this is. Um, not to immediately jump. In, you think it's the trash bag killer, Pete? That's your theory? Yeah, Ooh. I mean, and we saw him at the end. He, I, You know, I'm using he in quotes here is... Uh, watching things is very aware of what's happening in Riverdale and you mess with Betty, you know, that's it, which is how things should be. So you think the trash bag killer called because he wants to play. Cares about Betty. Like all of us. Well, not in a good way though. Right. (laughs) Are you saying the trash bag killer is the true hero of Riverdale, Pete? Is that what you're kind of Yeah, exactly. Wow. Times have changed. <laughs> it's true. We really have gone over the it's not chick, man, because then I'll be really upset. Oh, I would love that. That's a great. That's my oh. favorite idea right now. I didn't even think of that, but I would love if chick. You was literally the trash said they're killer. hero of Riverdale. I know, but it's which is chick, but my brain is broken it. right now. Okay, my brain yeah. has been broken by the show very officially. I'm also agreeing with Pete's chick theory. Uh, Pete's favorite character back to be the voice that saves Betty's life. So good stuff, uh, but we do find out here that Archie and Betty, the way that they got out of the explosion was they hid under the kitchen table. Frank later points out. No, that's that's not what happened. What happened, Pete? Well, I'm saying it's clear because Frank's like, hey, let's go into the kitchen. What fucking table? What table anywhere? They were lying. And then later they said they were holding each other and the kind of like Archie Invincible bubble. Yeah, no, no, they're saved. not lying about it. They got under the kitchen table. The house exploded around them. And Archie, because he is invulnerable, is, I don't know, what do we want to say? Luke Cage? Superman? No, he's unbreakable. He's Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. He's Bruce Willis. There you go. It, that's what it, this reminded me of, especially yeah. with the like, I just went from um, 193 pounds. Yeah, I went from 165 to 193. It definitely had that unbreakable energy. But yeah. from a more uh, stuff people know about, he is super. But people big. don't know about unbreakable? What the fuck? No, I think I mean, they know about it, but uh, they might know about super bad a little bit more. <laughs> also, he has a super dog. Bingo breaks oh, four of his legs and by the end of the episode. Reveal. Yeah, he he's healed all of his legs. So looking forward to Pure Heart the Powerful flying around with his super dog in Riverdale in a couple of episodes time. 
This I mean, is when they go real bad once R two's already drunk on power and it's not going well. And he'd have his dog all juiced up as well. Whew. From a from a writing perspective, when they said the line, yeah, Bingo broke all four of his legs. I was like, four? All four? You could get away with two, one. Like, we don't know. But I was like, it's so Riverdale to be like, yeah, all, all of his four. legs broken. I was like, how is yeah. this? Every bone in his body is broken. At that point, uh, this is me having never owned a dog. Don't you just put down the dog? Oh, at that how point? dare oh, you? Okay, you Alex. fucking <laughs> asshole. Are you fucking serious? Well, you can't ride, ride it, it anymore. What? Ride it. F- yeah, isn't that you, what you do? Dogs are like horses, a, but smaller. Oh my that's God. a slippery slope, Alex, where if I'm you like, yeah, just I just turn broke. your dog into glue, you fucking old timey. I mean, <laughs> if you need some I love, glue, where else are you going to get it? I love dog glue. Dog glue is definitely <laughs> the best. <laughs> And I just watch out, Pete, because if one of us like yeah, uh, breaks exactly. a finger, Alex yeah. gonna be like, Alex kill is gonna him. put us down. He's gonna yeah. do full Veronica uh, hitman on us. Yeah, like, oh, what happened to Justin? He went to the farm before yeah, he had the, a podcast, on the podcast. Yeah, before the podcast, Pete coughed a little bit, and I started giving him that old glue look. You know what oh, I mean? Man. Yeah, <laughs> that old dog glue look. <laughs> So why don't we talk through Archie's stuff, because we do have a little intersection here, but for the most part, there's classic Riverdale, several trains running at the same time, not quite intersecting. So Alice, uh, not Alice, uh, uh, Archie, that's the character. (laughs) At Palace? I was about to call her Alex. We're just shouting out a character. You were about about to call Archie Alex? That's very telling. (laughs) That's very telling. Wow. Wow. So oh, Alex, has, Alex has main character syndrome for, for Riverdale, which is the craziest version of that. Terrible news. Archie, I mean, uh, hi, I'm Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, Archie finds out, as we mentioned, that he is getting super strong. He uh, tests it out by pushing some nails out with his hands and breaking his house even further. Um, but also, he finds out from Tony and Fangs that the ghoulies are gunning for him. And so he goes to the ghoulies and uh, seemingly rips the shit them. out of them. Yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. He just comes back and Betty sees him slathered in blood. But apparently uh, well, a, he didn't do a good enough job because now there's a huge war. I mean, if you're going to do that, you got to make a choice. Either you got to end them so this whole thing ends, or you know, beating them up is just going to make them angrier. I mean, that was just a rookie mistake for the new guy who's got powers. Also, after an explosion, everybody should go to the hospital, right? I mean, everybody <laughs> should just go, not just Betty. You know what I mean? Well, I will say I thought... If we're going to talk about that, uh, yes, obviously they should all go to the hospital. Archie is clearly fine because he has the superpowers. I did like the really small detail that Jughead doesn't have health insurance, and that's the reason he doesn't go there, which leads to his whole storyline with Tabitha, which they also get past pretty quickly, I think, in terms of him – quote unquote, lying about having his hearing loss. But the fact that like he's scared about it, he's scared about his monetary situation. Um, Overall, I think the Jughead thing was probably my favorite storyline of the episode because it was so grounded, was so realistic. And I think ultimately well played by Cole Sprouse and Aaron Westbrook. Yeah. And I really like how they did the his hearing change um, was really like sort of put us in there. We could hear some of what was happening around Jughead. The ringing noise and whatnot, I was like, oh, cool sound design really got the the story sort of across, showed us, without having it be Jughead be like, hello, I have lost my hearing, yeah, (laughs) or or that. Yeah, it it was a good job. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I think we actually talked to Brian E. Patterson about it when we interviewed him, but there was an original, I think it was the third version of the pilot where Jughead had hearing loss initially, and that's something they didn't use. When This is my flex. When I talked to Roberto about it, he apparently completely forgot that he had actually written that because it's been so long until people started reminding him. So it was something that sounds like it was kind of laying under the surface for a while before it came but back here. That makes me really nervous because if Jughead's going to have real ramifications, you know what I mean? Archie and Betty can't just have these kind of like turn them on, turn them off things. And then Mm -hmm. Jughead has the reality. You know what I mean? Like that's so two things about that that I'll mention. Uh, First of all, it was like very darkly funny to me that in this explosion, 
Archie becomes super strong. Betty is able to see auras and Jughead's power is he has severe hearing loss. Yeah. Just kind of sad and awful. Uh, But again, Roberto did mention this is just the beginning of the journey for Jughead. They wanted to treat at least one of them very realistically and more naturalistically. But ultimately, there's going to be some weird swerves and turns with what's going on with Jughead over the course of the season as well. So I don't know what that means, but... There is that. The you know oh. I, you know that first feeling when you're like in love, uh, you feel like you could punch through a wall. Mm-hmm. That's what I think Archie has. Oh, okay. Because and you know that finally... other feeling when you're first in love and you can see the aura of evil around people? Yeah. I thought you were going to say, you know that feeling of when you're in love and you can't hear anybody else? I was like, where is he going with this? See, and... these are all great analogies. We're crushing it. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was very funny about Jughead's storyline is like after he hears that Archie's house blew up, right? And this is, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, Pops burned down, This also got blown up the same day. He goes to Tabitha and Pop, who are standing in the wreckage of Pops, and he's like, hey, listen, Archie's house blew up. This is a big story. I got to go. And yeah. she's like, okay, <laughs> what? Pops, the heart of Riverdale blew up. Don't worry about it. No problem. We got it from here, Jughead. Also, what's heartbreaking about that is Jughead drops what he's doing to rush to Archie, and Archie and Betty couldn't give a Fuck about our, their friend who is losing their uh, his hearing. No, 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 that's, that's too strong. They just don't know about it yet. Yeah, well, he how kept many it a days secret. does it take to fucking check in with your friend? He's not talking about it. That was the whole plot line. Is he doesn't talk about it even to his girlfriend? Yeah, I think it's like he's dealing. He feels ashamed of his loss of ability, and I think he has to learn that to accept it. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm that, sorry that I suggested that Archie's a shitty friend, and then you both got really defensive about it. Well, well I'm Alex Archie. thinks he's Archie, and <laughs> I'm, Archie I'm, I'm so in the tank for Barchie. I can't really. Archie's a big part of that. Hey, he's like for five or six. My letters. girlfriend is that this is too far. Don't ruin this for me, Alex. (laughs) Don't ruin this for me. I can't start thinking of uh, Balix whenever I watch Barchie. No, I creep myself out. Well, you creep me out, but anyway. You creeped us. And by us, I mean Pete, me, and anyone who's listening to this podcast, (laughs) as well as the people in the hotel rooms near me who are hearing this conversation. (laughs) They're like, they don't know anything about what's happening, but that guy's being a creep. Yeah, the people through the walls are like, shut up, stop spoiling Riverdale for us. <laughs> Every yeah. morning, God, uh, what were we talking about? We're oh, talking yeah, about- I, well, I, I, my excuse here is I think usually like this is a typical Riverdale mode of I, I don't think it's worth getting upset about, oh, this character didn't check in with this other character to give them information because most of the time they don't. The information exchange happens between scenes, between episodes. Stop fucking working hard to save fucking Archie. Let's go. Let's to go. Where, Pete? where do you the want to go? The next thing. Let's talk about the next thing. Let's talk All about right, how the this next is thing the, is how great Archie is. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> but Pete, I, I say, I, are you mad at Archie just because he's with Betty now? Uh, that- I'm mad at Archie for a lot of reasons. Um, but uh, one of them being, hey, your friend's losing hearing and you're too busy fucking being fucking unbreakable to notice that your friend is really struggling. Well, again, I think this is a typical Archie mode of he is focused on the house. He wants to ultimately buy the house, which I thought was a very sweet moment. I thought that was nice. And you think she gave him a good deal or do you think she took him? No, she ripped him off. Yeah. 100% Mary ripped him off. It's generous to call that a house at this point. When they're they're, they're closing a the lot. deal and it's a lot. the entire other half of the house is a wreck. I was like, well, fix it up. They let the house be a wreck for a while. What does the like. real estate or whatever that was, the lawyer say? She's like, enjoy your enclosure structure. You are now structure. the proud owner of this structure. That was a very funny line. I love that. Very fun. Yeah. Um, what did you think while we're talking about selling the house? What did you think about the entrance of Percival Pickens, this new enigmatic, creepy. potentially evil businessman who comes in? Yeah. yeah. Creepy how much this guy loves his own name and like looks like he's just like derangedly walking around a neighborhood and is just like, oh, I smell trouble over here. I'm going to. Oh, what's up? I, I, yeah. He creeps me out. Yeah, I mean, it feels like this is perhaps a, a new Hiram type character to, to come in and be a problem uh, for our, our crew. 
Yeah. Uh, and not to keep talking about the Roberto interview, one thing that I liked that he talked about that I thought, Justin, you'll like in particular, he described him, yes. he didn't want him to be like Hiram. They were sort of thinking because they have a supernatural tinge that he'll be sort of like a character out of a Stephen King novel, specifically calling mm. on Randall Flagg from The Stand or the shop proprietor and needful things, uh, which... Definitely sold me on that take because when he first came in, I was like, all right, it's Hiram 2.0. But if they are going more weird, supernatural with him, I think that's kind of neat and I'm into it. Yeah, I'm very, very into that. Or the character in Thinner that goes, Thinner! <laughs> oh, that's thinner. my favorite character. I yeah. love that witch. <laughs> I uh, should we talk about what's going on then. with Betty while we're talking about... What's up, Pete? What were you going to say? No, no, I was just making a... Uh, Charlie's Angels reference with Creepy Thin Man. I don't oh. get that one, but I appreciate it. Me neither. It also, we Charlie's Angels. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the first one or Full Throttle? Full Throttle. Oh, God, of course. No. I'm so Everyone's sorry. Everyone's favorite one? <laughs> Why don't we talk about Betty? Because Betty is dealing with a lot of stuff here as the FBI investigates Hiram who has left town, Glenn drunkenly hits on her slash starts to assault her before she punches the crap out of him. Uh, and ultimately, she kicks all the dudes off the investigation at the same time as she is investigating an evil orderly at the hospital named Trevor, who she shuts down not with the FBI, but with Archie. Uh, and then by the end of the episode, has affirmed her love for Archie and wants to be in a relationship with him. So lots of stuff going on with her in this episode. Pete, you raise your hand. What's what's up? I, I just felt like this also, to me, felt very unbreakable, where it was like Bruce Lewis character. Anytime he got near a bad guy, if he touched it, he could sense the evil. Like hmm. anytime Betty got near a bad guy, could see the evil on the person. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to. Do you her- think Jughead's going to be Mr. Glass then? Yeah, it seems like it. Well, look, think about it. He was damaged in the same way that um, that Bruce Willis uh, was given power. Jughead was damaged, just like Mr. Glass. Hmm. All right. I'm into this. I'm back on board, guys. Wow. Now you're back. Got I him. really like Unbreakable, so I'm sold on this. Archie's back. Unbreakable for like 10 minutes, and then you're finally like, mm, Unbreakable. I like it. <laughs> you did a hey, good Pete. job, Pete. That's how conversations work. Wow. Exactly. This is our first time having a conversation with you, too. So <laughs> give us a second to catch up with the idea that you're not just shouting nonsense. You're saying opinions that you want us to hear. Speaking of which, Betty is your favorite character. I know you're not totally on board with the Barchi relationship, but how did you feel, Pete, about what she went through in this episode? Well, a, a couple of things. I, I really liked how, you know, she was like, let me handle Glenn. And I was glad that she got that to do that because I was worried about fucking Archie handling Glenn. But then it turned out Archie was going to have his turn as well. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I did. I did like I was kind of I wanted her to believe a little bit more in her powers right away because I was like, hey, that bad guy in the fucking hospital is getting away, Betty, please uh, go after him. Um, Who knows what other evil things he's doing? But um, I did I did like her kind of like, all right, let's uh, let's clear house, get all the creepy dudes off the FBI uh, and then we can kind of get some work done. Um, I, I really like what Betty's doing in this episode. She's again, thrust in a very intense situation, having superpowers, dealing with all this stuff. These characters are all, all dealing with a lot all the time. And we get her like wreck and shop with Glenn getting over that relationship. That was like clearly a mistake. Uh, trash bag killer helps at the end of the episode to sort of bring us to closure when it comes to Glenn. Leaving the cat briefcase to be yeah, but uh, picked that's the up thing. by like, I'm Glenn's on the way out just to be like, yo, and fucking drop off my cat. You know, just a <laughs> quick line, a little something. Well, maybe he had the cat in the box and then Archie came in What's and in the beat box? the crap out of him, you know? Yeah. Could be in a briefcase in the box. Just to be sure. Clear. Yeah, of course. Um, But and then I, the scene at the end with. Betty and Archie sort of coming together. They weren't together for a huge chunk of the episode. And then we finally get them, get them. And he's like, Archie's like, it's like a, a Billy Joel song with him being like, I'm an unemployed, non-unionized construction worker. The non-unionized, I was like, okay, really getting into it. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, they're all in with each other. I'm all in. Like I'm all in. I just talk about the bet. 
just to talk about the Betty of it all, I thought this was a great Betty in this episode. She seems just overall more confident, less conflicted about everything. She knows what she's doing. She's focused. She's driven. Um, so I thought that was really great to see. In terms of the Barchi scenes, I was mostly convinced by their conversation at the White Worm, where it was them talking about their powers. We haven't even seen, like, Betty and Archie talk as human beings in seasons most of the time. They've had occasional conversations about stuff, but it barely ever happens like that. And it was a delight to see just as characters who have known each other their entire lives, them talking about something, them being together about something. I thought that was cool. They do a I lot was, of their best talking in the shower. No, just boy, like here we go. Just like me. Yeah, mm. if they All if right. they're going to talk to each other, stand six feet apart and kind of be polite is my thing. But uh, I I was like, all right, if the Gay only, dad. if we're going to get <laughs> this Pete somehow sticking his hands inside the TV screen, be like, whoa, 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 separate yeah, yeah, whoa, kids. Whoa, this whoa, isn't whoa, one of those yeah. uh, sexual Leave. dances you see in the city. <laughs> All right. Beats chaperoning the Barchi relationship. I just if hey, you, you I, leave a little room for the Holy Spirit over there, <laughs> Bughead, Bughead being the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So if you know if we're gonna get this stupid relationship, I think that it was one of those Beautiful. things where uh, superpowers is gonna be the only thing that can bring them together because their love that they have for each other was fucking zero. You know, like they've been through a lot of shit together, but when they tried to get together, they both said it was awkward and not worth it. And so uh, giving them superpowers to give them something in common to talk about, because otherwise the shit is dull as fuck. Fine. Have your oh, superpower God. episode. Wow. Have Get your little here. moment. But once Unbreakable is over, you fucking break the fuck up. That's was so angry and swearing. Pete, are you the kind of guy who goes down to the ocean, goes to the beach and is like, these waves, stop them. These waves aren't real. Let's get rid of these waves. Because you can't on, fight it. Waves. It's happening. You love waves? Yeah, I love waves. What are you talking about? Listen, some waves know they don't belong together, and some waves uh, <laughs> know that they do belong together, okay? And so, you know what I mean? Fine, moment in time, or so whatever, uh, but uh, I'm not going to be happy about it because they don't oh, truly you, belong together. So you ship beachhead is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm I was born head. and raised on Bughead. That's still a nonsense thing. You've said that several times, and that makes no sense. Both of these relationships are valid. Bughead has been a part of the show. Barchi has been a part of the show. They've been ongoing the entire time we've been watching this show. Right now, they are trying Barchi for real for the first time. And I do think yes. just from a plot perspective, that's exciting to see. I want to Thanks, see what that happens. I want to see how they work or don't work don't as a couple. Work. Hold on. All I'm saying is we've never we've they've never been it. given a, it's we've been never it. given a chance. Oh, they've bullshit. never what been given a chance. What was that whole shower hey. bullshit? That was hey, hey. Hey. Like, <laughs> Do you do you base relationships <laughs> on that? Like, well, we took a shower. All done now. <laughs> yeah, That's good. I do base relationships on whether or not there's chemistry, whether or not it feels right or doesn't. And they both well, said it didn't. I think you should calm it down for two reasons. One, um, the Talix's point, uh, they we have de- seen Bughead for a long time, and so there's been a change. You have to just know that you had your turn, and now it's your boy JT's turn. No, no, uh, you're and right, second you're point, right. you, I did have this, and you know, since the beginning, since they introduced the show, they introduced this power couple. That's why I say I was born and raised on it, because they brought this whole thing to thing and then took it away from us. So, fine. If this is your time, Justin, you have your time. Uh, your parents were like, we're switching um, baby Pete from breast milk to just um, bughead. We're just mostly <laughs> he's going to be born and raised on bughead. We're, there's a lot of nutrients uh, to help him grow up strong in there. And that's what happened. And look what we have now. A normal person trying a conversation for the first time. <laughs> There are no nutrients. Something we can all agree on tags. Let's talk about that storyline. So, Tony and Fang sit down with Kevin and basically have like a Don Cheadle Iron Man conversation of (laughs) we're together, we're bisexual, deal with it, let's move on. And Kevin's like, all right, sounds good. I'll take care of your baby. (laughs) And poor Kevin. Can you just let Kevin go and chase his dreams and not be like, hey, Actually, can you put your dreams on hold because we need you to babysit? I mean, that was heartbreaking. 
Well, the, the storyline was when they're like, we can't start a gang war. We have a kid. And they're like, well, let's give it a shot. <laughs> let's give this gang war a shot. Um, this was this was wild. This was very much like sort of turning to camera and being like, yes, we are both bisexual and queer and we're doing this. Um, very like looking at camera, talking to the reality of the issues that we've talked about with this uh, relationship. And uh, once we got sort of that, that little bit of it, I was like, okay, I'm here. I actually like them as a couple, despite all of the sort of weirdness about how they got together. Um, and this, this whole side of the show feels like, um, like a nineties movie where it's like these people fight by day, parent by night. Uh, Kevin's there as the straight man being like, Hey, what? I'll take the baby. It's very, it, it's a, such a, an interesting mix of tones. Ke- Kevin's not straight though. I think it's one of those things where yes. we have two great people. We all love Tony. We all think face is cool. Fine. You want to put them together, but that's not what we're here for. We're here for Shoney, motherfuckers. Don't give us this temporary. Can I can I ask? You said we're all here for fangs. What do you think about shaved fags? Because that was throwing me a little bit. <laughs> Interesting. Um, was, I know I, he I, did that for the Rivervale episode. Like he shaved it so he could play, what was it, Finn Fogarty or something? Yeah. But coming yeah. back to this and him being like completely clean faced, I was like, huh. Right. I, it did give me pause briefly. I was like, look at this fresh faced young um, man here. Uh, but I have a feeling that Stubble's going to uh, make an, an appearance. Yeah, I think so, too. I Listen, Vanessa Morgan and Drew A. Tanner, apparently friends in real life. They have clearly fun in these crazy scenes where they're fighting the ghoulies. I agree with Pete. We got to get back to Shoney, and we'll get to this in a moment. But there's, there's something coming that I can talk about in a moment when we get to that plot line. Um, but I, I am excited about wait, wait, the wait, idea. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. wait, wait. What did you just say? You know something? I'll I'll drop something when we get to the Cheryl storyline. We got to get through that first. So you had to flex so on us before you. All you got to all you got to do, Pete, is just sit tight and wait calmly, <laughs> and Alex will tell us <laughs> this fucking news. Stupid man! Then fucking don't say anything. Just say it when you get to it. Don't That's be a dick about it. Oh, classic old tease. Uh, fucking stupid. It's a tease. And let me say, that, Pete, like that. That's a normal way to get. This is part no, of the conversation. Nobody don't talks say, like that. Don't. Say, <laughs> I know you're in a conversation. This conversation, but there's nothing worse than somebody who's talking to you and then it's like, if you keep holding on to this conversation, <laughs> I'll reward you with a little nugget. I think it's a nice little carrot at the end of this to look forward to. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. And maybe we'll keep one of us from shouting so much. This little carrot. If you're a good boy, you can um, get a <laughs> we'll little see what treat. Happens. We'll see what happens at the end of the podcast, Pete. Are you going to be a good boy and get a little treat? Shut the be a fuck bad boy up. And uh, you, you break you all four of your legs. Fucking, fucking piece Stop of shit. swearing so much. You're out of control. Fucking dickhead. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I did want to say is as frustrating as it is to me that Kevin is not getting to follow his Broadway dreams. I'm excited about the idea of potentially following Kevin as a single dad. I do think that's interesting. I don't know how much the show is realistically going to delve into that. But at the same time, like we've talked so often about Kevin just needs something to do. You know, like he's good. We like Casey Cott on the show. So this gives him something. So that's something that I'm excited to follow. Seeing Kevin's face holding that baby was unbelievable. It was really beautiful, and uh, you know if that's unbelievable. What... Oh, I'm sorry. Like on a pipe People organ, home, that song. I'm sorry that I triggered that fucking bullshit again. I'm sorry. No, no, hey, no. Trigger Alex warning. Is... I'm about to sing unbelievable. <laughs> Alex is just putting in his vocals as a temp track. When this comes out, it'll have the actual Absolutely. song. There's no Absolutely. way we would release <laughs> him going boopy I'm actually going to release it with the Crumbelievable ad from Kraft. I don't know if you guys remember that. When I, no. I released what? Kraft Crumbelievable. There were little chunks Kraft of cheese in a bag. It's like it's like a tiny show. little chunks of cheese in a bag called Crumbelievable. And the ad was, it's Crumbelievable. Stop. Oh. Sorry, I'm just checking my notes uh, from all the craft products I'm tracking. Uh, what's the plot with the craft? Crumbelievable you, you is you dating. Listen to our craft podcast, Craft After Dark. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's right. wild after dark at the craft factory. So Veronica put a hit on her father. No, hold on. Um, I also it is strange to me with Kevin that 
we're not dealing with sort of the emotional uh, field thing situation he's in with fangs. It feels like now we are just shifting him over to like, now you raise this child. Um, so I hope we're also able to, because I think the real issue with Kevin is we're never seeing things from his point of view. He's Things are always happening to him. He doesn't have a lot of uh, control over his his stories in, in Riverdale. And here again, he's like, a baby is given to him. And it's like, all right, now deal with this. So I want, going forward with with this season, to be able to really follow Kevin's journey from Kevin's perspective. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I did get a tease that apparently things are going to get messy between him and Tony and Fangs. So we're not quite done with that yet. And I think that's also a good thing to deal with, because like you're saying... They do have that Don Cheadle moment, but there's still a lot going on there to deal with, you know, going forward. We may be approaching a, a thruple, a mm. Riverdale thruple situation. Is what, right. That was my prediction coming out of this. I like it. We'll see what happens. Why don't we move over to Veronica? So Veronica calls out a hit on Hiram from a very, like, straight, what is his name? Anatoly, the Russian Anatoly. Hitman. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very quick, very efficient, kills Hiram off screen, mind you. Which we all know. But at the same time, Veronica looks at a picture of him dead. Hermosa is pissed off about it. So it does legitimately seem like, despite the fact that Mark Consuelos left the show in season five, being like, doors open, that Hiram is dead. He was killed. Uh, How'd you guys feel about this? Uh, Why why is Hermosa mad? Uh, I thought they both... I thought everybody hated Hiram. I, I didn't understand why Hermosa was like, now you got to hit on you. Well, she doesn't like Hiram, but she also has a connection with Hiram as her dad and doesn't want to see her dad murdered. Yeah, I, <clears throat> Pete, there's something called um, nuance in emotions where mm. it's not always, it's not like a light switch where you're like, I like this person, keep them alive. I don't <laughs> like them, kill them. <laughs> You could sometimes have somewhat complicated relationships with people like the way um, Alex thinks about himself as Archie uh, and the way that you and I um, relate to each other on this show as um, fans of different aspects, I'll say. Uh, just to just to clarify, I don't think there's any character I relate to on this show less than Archie. I'm just going to throw that out there. Whatever. You're fucking Archie. Uh, I, I just think it's Thanks, one of those Matt, things where um, – He's a horrible person. He's been doing horrible things for years and years and years. Everybody knows it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, why was all of a sudden the guy's dead? And, oh, oops! Now I care. It was well, like, she's ah. gonna feel. She's gonna feel. Veronica's gonna feel guilty about. You shouldn't. This. I- that man has been nothing but horrible to you. Sure, maybe there was moments where he was nice, but he had an evil purpose behind it. Yeah, but he's I mean, your dad. You, there are complicated emotions in terms of killing your dad. Like, you're going to feel things there. Uh, and I said think, like a true parent. Go fuck yourself. You're right. As somebody uh, who is only a cat parent, you'd be fine if your cat killed you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's I'd be, be like, you're right, cat. I do deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We are I think Camilla, weeks away from that happening. Camila Mendez <laughs> does a great job with this storyline. I will admit that I was kind of frustrated that we're still talking about Hiram when he left the show. Like, I feel like I feel like this was a little bit of a leftover of that plot line because we wrapped it up at season five, but then we were right back in it here. So hopefully at this point, we're moving past getting to whatever the next stage is for Veronica, having her interact with the rest of the characters. I do think she plays really nicely off of Charles Melton as Reggie, and I do like their storylines quite a bit. Um, But I'm eager to get on to whatever the next thing now that Hiram is literally on the back burner of hell. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Um, We're going to get a cutaway to Hiram and hell, like making a deal with some random devil. (laughs) That'd be great. There's an Archie. There's an Archie devil down there that he's like. I mean, I don't know what the continuity works, but we saw him in the series finale of Katie Keene. Maybe that takes place in hell. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Strong take Uh, for the Keenheads. I I just wanted to say about this. Veronica kills Hiram. Yeah, like a boss. Because why? Because he went too far by trying to blow up Archie, her ex. Um, that she doesn't – we haven't really heard what, how she's feeling about Archie and Betty and Archie being together now. And I'm per, assuming we're going to get last that. Last I remember before the veil of it all, her and Archie were like really close to giving it a go. 
Yes. Yeah, there was a lot of back and forth there because they decided they were going to move in together and then uh, all the dudes didn't know who Ina Garden was and she saw Frank in the shower and that was too much, so she left. Yeah. <laughs> Ina Garden has broken up a lot of relationships. Absolutely. And it, let's think about from a timeline perspective, to the characters on Riverdale, that was like two days before this episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, it's wild. Uh, I, and I understand that it's wild that like I'm on board with that. But I'm not on board with superpowers. That's the thing that's too far for me. But whatever. But I, I, think, I, do, I think you're right. Just you one, need to have a conversation. And one more thing about that, though. Like, I think Veronica did a, a very heightened version of what happens after a breakup, where one person, the person who's, like, been broken up with is, like, really upset, but is trying to, like, okay, well, yeah, these, I still have feelings for these, these people. They're, I'm close with them. And uh, and then suddenly you're mad because they didn't return your like uh, favorite T-shirt that you left at their house. And this is uh, her version of that is she kills her dad and is going to feel mad about that in relation to Archie, because it's like, look, my dad tried to kill you and I killed him. And now you're with Betty. Uh, so I think there's going to be some very heightened, complicated feelings that we're going to get into. And uh, let alone the Betty and Veronica relationship. Well, how that was going to change. Also, well, where did Betty or where did Veronica get a cool two million? You know what I mean? Did she just casino, have the- man. Really? Already cranking out that kind of money? It's been going for at least two days now, and that's like cash in the bank. You know what I'm talking about? I saw her. She had a Glamourge egg omelet right before one of the scenes. (laughs) The... uh, the scene, the very brief scene of Betty and Veronica on the couch where they're talking about Hiram, I don't know if this is true, but it seems like there was probably a longer version because we saw in the promo yeah. them hugging or there was a still of them hugging and I think they were wearing the same outfits. So maybe there was some sort of conversation where they talked a little bit about Betty being with Archie and that just got cut. Um, usually when that sort of thing happens, they'll deal with it in a later episode. So to your point, Justin... I do hope that happens. I do hope we get yeah. more of that and more interaction. Uh, it's inevitable. Why- and I, I agree with you. I like Veronica and Reggie together. I think they're, they're where their energies sort of just line up where they're like, yeah, we don't follow any rules and we have money constantly flowing and into our hands. Yeah. Also, Reggie's decision to be like, yeah, I'm not going to work at the car dealership anymore so I can focus on the casino full time. His dad almost dies and then his dad undies and is absolutely fine and doing great. Lots of stuff with Reggie. I want to see more with him this season overall as well. I I agree. I thought uh, I think Reggie is great. I want more Reggie. And I don't think that uh, Veronica and Reggie are going to make it. It it really seemed obvious to me that this episode, uh, Archie and Veronica belong together. That wow. is no uh, agenda take there. Not supported by the evidence, sir. <laughs> why don't even... we move on? That's exactly why I said it because it is Veronica. When you know he was going through this thing with his father, she was like, mm, "I got to split. I got to put a hit out on somebody. Like I got things to do. I'm not going to be here for you at all." If that was fucking Archie there, she would fucking drop everything. So go fuck yourself with that. When you're juggling a hit schedule like it's hard to focus on your other relationships why don't we move on and talk about cheryl's storyline because there's a big one in the episode so cheryl thinks that she has cursed betty jughead and archie that's why the explosion happened she talks to nana who burned the scroll from we got nana Abigail. in this episode this is exciting there's this nothing great, better oh than oh my god i love that nana episode and, so much yeah i like but don't leave nana. don't don't leave any loose documents out around Nana because she's <laughs> gonna. She's a quick burner. She likes to burn stuff fast. Yes, she fast. burned the scroll, and they do a very complicated spell, which involves lighting three candles made of beeswax. That's the important part of the spell with Britta. Wet. But it turns out Britta has been uh, possessed by Abigail Blossom's spirit only at night and only is going and blowing out the candles. Ultimately, they cast another spell, which puts Abigail Blossom's spirit in Cheryl Blossom's body and she takes over and she's ready to wreak havoc on the town. Yes, Pete. When you said initially I'm out, I thought it was because this moment. And I literally was like, if you fucking try to take Cheryl off the table from the show, I will lose my goddamn That was 100%. That was the point where I was like, 
All right, I don't know how I feel about this Betty thing, but I'm going to go with it. I'm just going to watch it because there's a Riverdale excuse. And then when Archie legitimately had super strength and superpowers and was getting heavier, I was like, uh, this is really too much for me. I'm not sure about this. And exactly what you said, Pete, when Cheryl was Abigail, I was like, no, <laughs> no, you do not do this. Not, not to Cheryl. Cheryl. Awesome. Not, not to Cheryl. And it was actually, it started with Britta being like, I'm Abigail Blossom now in her weird ghosty voice that I was like, I no, no thank you with this storyline. But again, I will watch the rest of the episodes and I'll be fine because I'm an adult who watches wow, Riverdale and does a you're podcast. All, you're both it. very fragile because I'm like, yes, <laughs> I see this. I see what's happening and I love it. Give me more of this. Because, Why? you know, we talked, because it's, it's wild. If someone was like, okay, Riverdale's on in an hour. You want to just guess what you think is going to happen? <laughs> you would be a hundred. It's crazy to be a hundred percent wrong about something. So uh, that's why I'm here for this show. I will never not watch this show. And we talked about this during Rivervale where they were like, a character's going to come over from Rivervale to Riverdale. And it, it, the fact that we're seeing that it's Abigail is a total twist. Did we yeah. we predicted a bunch of co- options? Oh Did we say God. Abigail? No, we did. well we talked about that maybe there would be flashbacks to Abigail and Thomasina, but no, we did not predict that Abigail's spirit would take over Cheryl's body. Yeah. Uh, so you seem just fine with this, night. Justin. P, just at night, you're you're frustrated. I will say, just like. I always enjoy the stuff that's happening with the Blossom family because it's wildly over the top. Like you talked about, Pete, so many funny data moments in here. Yeah. I wrote down the line, her saying, uh, when it's revealed to them that Betty and Archie were caught in an explosion, Nana saying, oh dear, were they killed? Yeah. Yeah. loud. I also just love the... the Detail of Cheryl when Britta, Britta comes in to tell her the news. She's reading a book, and the title of the book is Witchcraft, which made me right laugh the as play. well. But, I mean, how the, about the fact that, like, oh, while you were doing that spell, I was whispering another spell <laughs> underneath my breath. Like, what? That's how it works. Listen for the secret spell. I've been casting spells this whole episode. Oh, that, uh, man. Hopefully, oh, you're going to pick up. Um, I loved, uh, was it Cheryl's line, uh, was that curse for realsies? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I think is just like a perfect uh, encapsulization of who Cheryl is, like super high-end weirdness, and then just regular like, for realsies? Mm-hmm. Down-to-earth uh, normal person. Uh, also, just on a textual level for the whole episode, I thought it was kind of smart to throw in there the conversation between Britta and Cheryl, where Britta says, Mistress Blossom, do we believe in magic and curses? And then Cheryl says uh, something to the effect of, I believe, a new age of wonderment is upon us, which to me was the very short Riverdale explanation of this is why there are ghosts now. This is why people have superpowers. This is why this stuff is happening is uh, it's it's the Don Cheadle thing where it's like it's happening. Just move on. Deal with it. Don't worry about it. This is what the season's like at this point. I'm just wondering, like. Is it just going to, are we going to get like Cheryl during the day and then like Abigail at night? Like just kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm nervous and excited for what Abigail is going to kind of do in the Cheryl body and like what that means for Riverdale. I have a couple I'm ideas excited about what she's going to do. To get her out of the house and interacting more with Riverdale because like Cheryl just kind of off on her own. You know, we get these great glimpses and great stuff, but it's like I want to see her like interacting with everybody, you know? Well, I think um, I think we will get more interaction. I think Cheryl with Abigail, who the Abigail's sort of going to be in the brooch, right? Like we're going to see whenever Cheryl's wearing the brooch, it's full Abigail happening. Oh, okay. Is that that's what I think? You're talking about and that I creepy think, spider brooch that Nana yes. was palming. Like, oh man, that was such like, a yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like clutching uh, in her yeah, hand. Yeah, it was like a heart, I, like um, numbshi by. Uh, very much. Um, I speak Pete, so I know what that means. Uh, I I think with Abigail being in the brooch, we're going to get to have like Cheryl and e- Cheryl and an evil Cheryl playing mm. out over the course of the season. And I think she's going to be even more of a chaos agent because she doesn't like um, uh, Betty, Archie, and Veronica. Uh, because Betty of the, Jughead. Oh, sorry, in Jughead. Yeah, and because remember of the there curse. was the scene with the curse yes. where she comes in and tells them, and Veronica's like, so I'm not involved, right? Yeah, right, right. right. And out she goes. Um, so she's going to hate them, 
So she's going to be doing weird shit to them. And then we'll have, she's going to see Tony. Abigail's mm-hmm. going to see Tony. Oh, yeah, she And it's is. going to be on. Well, just to weigh in and provide you that carrot, Pete, because you've been so good this whole time. So good boy. Here I, good boy. Good Don't boy, fucking Pete. talk to me like that. What outside. a great boy. I would I'm say a great boy. <laughs> Not, so this is not the whole span of the season, but you are right on par, according to Roberto. Justin, basically what's going to happen here is that Abigail is going to be gunning for the three of them. She's going to see Tony, and in Tony, she's going to see Tomasina. Yeah. yeah. Probably not necessarily reincarnated. Maybe she's going to try to reincarnate. I don't know necessarily. But she's going to see Tomasina, her true love there, and see, oh, this is a time where women could be together where they weren't back when they initially tried to be together. And that's going to create a big mess with Tony and Fangs and Abigail. He also emphasized to me that, which made me feel much better, Abigail is not for the life of the series. Cheryl is a main player. She is going to be back. And the season-long arc is that once Cheryl does come back, she's going to be dealing with this mess that Abigail left behind for her. The classic, like, you know, like, oh, we got together because of this ghost that is inhabiting me. And then when the ghost is gone and Cheryl's there, she's going to be like, oh, yeah, I totally did all that. That was me trying to get us back together. Oh, man. Classic. You've done that in a bunch of relationships, right, Pete? Yeah. 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 The problem is that eventually the line catches up to you and then you're in trouble. Here's the thing. Getting to what you were saying earlier, Pete, in terms of like, seeing Abigail take over Cheryl and being like, no, I know I'm losing my mind here. Part of my reason was like, I swear to God, if Abigail is for the life of the series and we never get Shoddy again, I'm going to lose it. But knowing that now we're going to get, what's it called? Thabigail. And we're also going to get Shoni. Great stuff. I'm yeah, maybe, That's what I'm maybe we were wrong. Maybe this is what we need. We this got chaos everything we've ever wanted. Pete. It's going to bring them back together. Oh my god! Now I'm excited about it. <laughs> I, I think that's It's going to do right. what Cheryl couldn't do, and she's going to get fucking Shoddy back up. Oh. I think that's 100% right. I think that's what's going to happen. And we get this sort of like evil twin storyline we get to uh, hang out in for a few episodes. I think that's fun. Well, right, thank before- you, guys. I'm very excited now moving forward. You gave me a little pep in the step, so I appreciate that. It was this great. This is how conversations work. I'm loving it. You, I'm loving it. You really grew up a lot today, Pete. Before we wrap up here, real quick, any other moments from the episode that either of you guys want to call out? Uh, I did like Frank and Archie. For some reason, they're very awkward. Are you the dog's dad? So they'd be like, yes, what? Yes. What? Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're just two bubbling doofs, and it's very funny. Also, the line. You get Archie and older Archie together. Yeah. Uh, Pete? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say the the trash bag killer in the back of Glenn's car saying you shouldn't have done that to Betty was just. That was pretty cool. I want to throw out a quick theory to you guys, uh, because I think this shuts down Glenn's TBK theories. Do you think, though, maybe there's a fight club situation going on? Ooh, what? that uh, a Tyler Durden, Glenn More in the trash bag killer. Is a TBK the cat? Wrapped up oh. to look like a human. You know what I mean? We already said this on the podcast, but Toffee be killing. Yeah. Toffee be killing. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of a, of a fight club situation. I think that's a great I mean, we did have a bear go up against Archie. Why not a cat? I mean, it seems like a nice there you go. That's what you're sticking I, with, I guess. Just real quick. I'm saying I like Alex's theory and not listening to oh. your theory. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad. All right, there we go. Big episode, tons of stuff going on. Before we wrap up here, who was the MVP of this episode? Justin, why don't we go to you first? Who was the MVP? I mean, what an episode. What a what a to kick off the season and be able to see all of this happening at once. I think the MVP for me was uh, Archie. We're back into Archie being going through some changes. He is ready to play hard. He's going to b- punch a wall. He seems very calm about the fact that he is now invincible. Um, so that's classic Archie. Accept the reality around, around you. Pete, what about you? Who's the MVP of this episode? Uh, speaking of changes, I'm going to say Nana was the uh, MVP of this episode because... All day, air day. Because Nana. she is uh, the one that uh, is going to get the people, the ships back aligned. She's going to be the chaos factor that gets all our ships back. 
Real quick, the one thing, uh, other thing that I'll mention from my interview with Roberto, he said that Nana has a whole plot line. She has an ulterior motive for summoning Abigail back. So exciting. Bring Nana into the main focus. I love it. Uh, I'm going to throw it out to Jughead just because I think, like I talked about, that storyline was treated very well. It was really treated well. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was cool the way it was done. Absolutely. So I, I was very happy with that. I'm interested to see what superpowers or gifts or whatever he gets going forward, but we'll see what happens. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook. Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. For realsies. Candy. Candy.